You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. What's going on? Birdo here. And Birdo, we're back with the continuation of our last episode, which was where we were revisiting the Milwaukee Mafia special edition series we did prior to starting this podcast right we've got four more clips that we're going to go through which will conclude the podcast the milwaukee mafia podcast segment and um and then also just so the viewers know um starting the week that this these podcasts drop you may see and you'll see an extra episode dropped every week and that's just going to be the full episode of the milwaukee mafia um episodes so i'm thinking those will probably come out on tuesdays instead of thursdays so everybody will get a little bit of bonus content there that they can listen to right right so birdo do you have anything you want to do before we go into the first clip anything you want to talk about or uh no, not specifically. Uh, I, I, I'm remembering these uh, <clears throat> these early conversations, and uh, yeah, there was just a lot of, I guess, a lot more we could have delved into. But but let's let's see what we got lined up here. All right. So the first clip we're gonna play, I I call cooperating. So here we go. Right. So obviously, with agreeing to cooperate, there's a lot of contingencies that go along with it, right? And truthfulness being one of them, and most importantly, right. And then yeah. along with that goes, yeah, being being basically held accountable to what you say. And that, that means that if they need you to come forward and say what you said, you have to do it. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that hinge on your cooperation, but the most safe way to go about that kind of situation is to make a decision within yourself to say, All right, if I'm gonna do this I'm turning away from this lifestyle. I'm turning away from everything. I'm going 100%. And that's the decision I made. All right. So the question I have for this little clip is, while I think we've talked about this a little bit on other episodes, but I would assume that at this point you felt like cooperating was the right decision for you to make. Mm -hmm. But looking back at this now, how could the system – I mean, the government have made it easier for you to have made that decision back then to cooperate. Uh, I don't think that I don't think the decision was made based on anything that they were doing. I mean, because you know, when you're in those situations, you know, nine times out of ten. You're not given any great promises, you know, um, you're kind of gambling, you know, you're rolling the dice a little bit. So, and that's, it's set up, it's set up that way. It's designed that way in order to basically save you, you know, in case you were ever needed by the government. And what I mean, save you is, you know, a lot of times the go-to uh, the go-to defense in, 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 in any defense attorney is, well, you know, this person or that person is, is only cooperating because they're in trouble and they have, 
you know, promises that, that have been made to them. And if there are promises that are made to you, then you have to, obviously, if you were under oath, you'd have to tell the truth. So, um, I guess, I guess it's just a way of saying that, you know, they protect you by not, not making you, um, lie, you know, essentially. So they can't promise you nothing. So really, man, it's, it's a shot in the dark. I think when you make those decisions, it's, it's all about, um, obviously everything that is, is going on in your life at that time, you know, mentally, physically, you know, spiritually, wherever you're at, it has to come together and you have to make a sound decision. You know, the, the hard part about that is that not a lot of times, you know, somebody who's 18, 19, you know, or younger can make a sound decision. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, uh, you think, oh yeah, they're an adult. But I mean, are, are they really an adult? Have they ever really made any adult decisions? So I don't know, man. That's just, that's just one of the things. I don't think the government could really do anything to sway you one way or the other. Those decisions are basically going to be made, you know, internally. Kind of a defeatist attitude, but yeah, I can totally see where you're coming from because, I mean, what can they really do? You know, I mean, they could give you, I guess they could give you more sound like, hey, if you help us, this is what we'll do. Right. I'm sure there's I'm, a whole <clears throat> number of reasons why they don't do that. Right. And and you got to understand, man, right? Like it's in those those situations, like I'm, I'm so far removed from it now to where I've, I'm, I'm, I'm a grown man and I understand the situations for what they are. You know, I'm not thinking like a street guy, but the reality, man, is that when you first are making those decisions, it's not like you are a hundred percent on board with what you're doing. You know, you always second guess. Yeah. You feel like it's the right decision, but you remember you lived your, your whole life a certain way. And, um, <clears throat> You know, I'm sure a lot of guys out there can agree, man, if they've ever sat in those in those chairs, man, when 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 they did make that decision to to come forward and cooperate, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not like it's it's maybe for some people, you know, it's easy to just to flip that switch. But I mean, when you live it every single day and you're used to being a certain way with people and and that's your lifestyle and it's not an easy thing to do. So those first, you know, those first couple of of steps along that path they're they're tough they're not they're not uh they're not lightly taken do you do you feel like think looking back at it now do you feel like the people that you were working with while you were making that decision and i'm not talking about like family members or anything like that but like the actual lawyers and i don't know if the cops or the fbi are involved in this process but did those people understand how hard of a decision that is to make or do you feel like they were just like no you just cooperate it's the only thing that makes sense to do no well i think uh so i think in those times man it's it's not really uh i'm trying to put myself back so you gotta remember i was 18 when i first came in right and then by the time it was time to make those kind of decisions i mean it wasn't that far along the line maybe 20 21 right so still young and and mentally uh not really developed so i can't say i was like always probably as directly involved as i should have been with those kind of elements of my case you know i kind of trusted my attorney you know when when i first got 
um, indicted, my attorney was like really, re he was, I got lucky, put it like that. Like he was ready to go to trial. He didn't, you know, he understood the odds were stacked against us. But if he, if, if, if that was the, the direction I wanted to go, you know, but then also if to go the other direction, he was going to make sure that I got, you know, the best deal I possibly could. So in that sense, yeah, I was lucky. Obviously, you know, with the government, you know, it's, it's all business for them. It, it, it is, is uh, crazy as it sounds. It, it is a business. It's a numbers game. And the more numbers that they can accumulate, which is convictions and um, criminals off the street, the, the better they look. And so if you can help them do that, or if you, if you are a part of that, that's all that matters. Treatment is really not contingent on <laughs> anything except for what you can provide, you know, like it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a crazy business, man, but, but it's the real deal. You know, the, the more valuable of an asset you are, obviously the better, the better kind of situation you're going to be in, you know, you know, fortunately and unfortunately for me, I was involved in, in violence. Like that was the name of my game. Right. So knowing a lot about violence is always going to put you in a better situation when you decide to go that route. Uh, but, you know, it, it, the important thing here is that, you know, in those, in those kind of situations for young guys, like the important thing is to understand, like he, it's hard to make that decision, you know, and, and especially somebody that's been loyal to this cause for so long, my indictment, I mean, I'm sure at some point, you know, I'll even, you know, maybe I'll have it on, you know, I'll have my own video or something. I'll show my original indictment. I was charged with a murder I didn't do, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, it's like, these are the people that you've been loyal to your whole life and you start, you know, you, you start doing the math on this. And, and, and that's why I say, like, it's never just easy to say black and white and there's no gray area, man. There's so much gray area. And that's, that's what the exposure, that's what exposes these kind of gangs, you know, is, is, yeah, I was the bad guy because I cooperated, but so many people are a part of that kind of decision indirectly. They don't even understand it. You know, they don't even realize it, but they're willing to, to, to be okay with being around certain people. And I just think, man, it's, it's important that, you know, once it gets to this point, obviously it's, it might be too late, but to not really be able to, you know, to, to, to give kids or whoever it is, young men, a chance to, to really look at their situation. I think that's, what's important. Now you've, you've mentioned a couple times, um, this, the murder that you were accused of on your indictment, but you never committed. So now is that because somebody, somebody within the Latin Kings said you committed that murder? Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so the thing typically, I, I'm not going to give you, I can't give you a hundred percent certainty because, uh, you know, obviously I haven't, I'm not, I'm, I haven't seen that far behind the curtain when it comes to the government, but typically what I've, what to my understanding is in order to <clears throat> indict somebody like in front of a grand jury um, with a charge, typically you got to have at least two witnesses that can corroborate a story. So is crazy as it seems that it could even be possible two people basically corroborated a murder that I didn't do two Kings, right? Mm -hmm. Two, two of my, 
two of the, I guess, the foundation that started our indictment, Lawrence and Payne. And so in my mind, in order to be able to do that, like, you got to really, really not, not give a shit. Right. I mean, like you, like you're trying to take somebody's life. Like, you know, like it's one thing to, to cooperate. And I had enough that I had done. You didn't even have to make nothing up on me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there, like there's enough that he was around for that, you know what I mean? That would have buried me for life anyway, you know, but to, to like just make up a blatant lie and then somebody else to cooperate, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, so that's typically what it does. It, it goes to a grand jury um, to get people indicted um, on, on certain charges, especially violence. Usually there's um, a witness that goes to a grand jury or they can use the witness's testimony, one or the other. Um, I actually never went to a grand jury. I was, you know, I was that the end result of a grand jury testimony, which means that they use somebody else to get us indicted. Um, so that's that's how that works. So is there a way that the, these two people that put you at this murder and said you did it could have been confused or were they like could have thought oh i think furto did it but you didn't or were they just blatantly lying they were blatantly lying (laughs) they were um (laughs) now now the 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 story they made was compelling in the sense that it's it, it could have fit any night of my life right so that's why it was it was it was an easy to go to story. Yeah, we were partying and Berto left and we heard gunshots. Like one of those things, right? Like you could say that that's a story of my life right there. Like <laughs> that's happened more times than I can I can, you know, count. But it just so happened that that story that they made up right there had major implications and it was a lie. You know what I'm saying? But you know, for me it was a nightmare because I had to literally you know, fight tooth and nail to get exonerated from it. And then nothing I could, nothing I even did got me exonerated. That's why I say, man, like, I, you know, I hate to always bring it, bring it, you know, for people that are just listening just to hear some good information. But man, you know, I do believe I have a, you know, I got a spiritual inclination, man. I believe God was in my life because there was nothing that I could have did to get that, that off of me. And if it wasn't for some other guy on some random case, getting caught and cooperating on his friend. You know, I could have never controlled that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And, and, and that had to have, I mean, can you talk a little bit about, like, was that a big point of, like, oh, God, like, when you heard that part of it, were you like, oh, God, I'm so done with these people? Was that, yeah. Could you say that was a big turning point in this decision process? Or once you found out that that had actually happened, was it, had you already kind of made that decision of cooperation? No, well, you got to remember, like I, I, it's like uh, when I first got in, indicted, um, they give you a copy of your indictment, right? Your actual indictment at your arraignment. So I knew what I was charged with. Now, in a way, I was so young and naive. I thought that all oh, these guys are just stabbing in the dark because they got me charged for a murder I didn't even do, right? Mm-hmm. That was kind of my mindset, you know. And then even when I got the discovery. You know, like I said, we were going to trial. So even when I got the discovery, it was still like, wow, they really got nothing. They don't have nothing. They don't have a gun. They don't have an eyewitness. They don't have nothing. And then, like I said, when I got to the the very end of the discovery, you know, what did I find? I found all the confidential informant statements. And so, you know, that's when I started to be like, man, you know, for obviously, obviously for 
the crimes that I, I knew I did, you know, they were explained to a T. But then when it came to this this crime that I didn't do, it was shaky, but it was weird how they both corroborated basically the same lie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I wasn't, uh, I can't say that I had a certain mindset because I, I was like, you know, at first I was like, man, they're, they got nothing. You know, I was, I was almost like happy that I was charged with it. And then, and then once I decided to cooperate and I, you know, I couldn't get them to believe me, you know what I'm saying? Like they, <laughs> they, they really were like, you know, gung ho on, listen, you know, I got all the cliches, you know, listen, we understand, you know, it, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not going to make that much of a difference, you know, at the end of the day, like you're, you know, you're cooperating. But in my head, I'm like, hell no, I'm not copping out to no murder I didn't do. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, man, you know, you've heard it before. I, I, I took a lie detector test and everything and I failed it. Like that was the, that was the, the worst feeling, you know, like, so just imagine like, you know, I used to be sitting up, I, I used to be sitting up in my room sometimes like, man, like, damn how am I going to get that off of me? Like I had already came in and, you know, we had cooperated. So I was already like, you know, the, the, the wheels were already in motion. It wasn't like there was no backpedaling now. So now I'm thinking in my head, like, damn, how am I going to get them to really understand? Like, I didn't do that. You know, like, you know, I got more things against me at this point than I got in my favor. And those were some long restless nights, man. Like you never know, you never know what's going to happen. You know, like I had no idea like what, how that was going to play out, how much time I was going to get, any of that. All right. So I'm going to jump to the next clip in the next oh, clip. And I, I just got to say one of the funny things I find out, found about this clip was, was that this clip, particular clip talks about Mondi. And in this podcast, it's like you were talking to, about Mondi as if he's like a stranger, you know, like. It was like this guy I know knew, Mondi, and I I just found that funny because I'm like like Mondi has become a household name to me. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. This must have been just his first appearance in anything. So, so but all yep. right. So this one's about a clip about Mondi in cooperation. Crazy that you bring this story up though, because I was actually <clears throat> thinking about it earlier. The 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 guy Mondi, right? He's on the run right now, and there's a lot of like. Um, I don't want to say controversy, but 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 somewhat controversy, you know, surrounding like just how the way the Latin Kings, um, I guess, fomented in what they are today. And there's a lot of like favoritism when it comes to people who cooperate and people who don't. And everybody puts this guy, Mondi, on the pedestal. But before he went on the run in 2005 for our indictment, he actually cooperated on this case, the very case we're talking about. Okay. You know, and, you know, he was like one of my best friends. He pulled me to the side and he said, listen, man, I'm not going to prison for that. And because he was like my family, spoiler alert, he's actually uh, he's actually the cousin to my my kid's mother. So, I mean, this guy's like family. And I told him, I said, well, listen, man, nobody's going to move on you. You know, at this time, like I'm 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 reputed, you know, like in the street, like, you know, there's 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 really no there's really not a lot of people that are going to try to like go to war with us. So, you know, I just told him, like, listen, like, I I don't I don't necessarily agree what you're talking about doing, but I'm not going to you're my, you know, you're my blood. You're my, you're like my blood. You're my, you're my family. You know? Not necessarily, you know, not literally sure. my blood, but you know, so it's just, I think there's a little bit of irony. It's crazy to me that you brought this story up and I was just thinking about it earlier, how, 
there's so much hypocrisy in in uh, in how people treat different uh, quote unquote cooperators. But I mean, that's just my personal opinion. So the question I have for this one is that so you you mentioned in this this clip that you told Mondi, Mondi, I cooperated, and you told Mondi that, hey, man, nobody's going to come after you for cooperating. I understand, blah, blah, blah. And my question is, is that, first of all, how did how do you ensure that nobody is going to come after Mondi? Because I'm, I think we've talked about this in a previous, previous podcast of some sort, where you said, like, you can't really go to the gang and say, hey, don't touch Mondi, because that's just a big no-no. So mm-hmm. how how does Mondi first of all, is there was when this happened, or maybe not even this example, is there an example where somebody may have said like, Oh, we should kind of push this off to the side, let it be, and somebody did retaliate? And how do you ensure that Mondi wouldn't be retaliated against? All right, so you packed a lot into there. Um <laughs> Uh, so here's the thing, right? Let's, let's start with this. There was no way for me to ensure that Mondi was going to be safe, right? Like there was, you know, um, I didn't have some, you know, army of, of, of men that was willing to, to stand at that, at that point in time. My, my point of saying that was more of a sign that I would ride with him. Like I, I, whatever happened, I'd go out with him. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was more of what that was a symbol of, because at the end of the day, right. I could say, um, you know, like I said, what I said, and then, you know, the two threes or the wild walkers or the Sawyers don't agree with me. And then we go to war. Right. And, and, you know, whatever happens happens or, or they could go to Chicago and, and, and obviously, you know, we can't take on the whole world is what I'm saying. So yeah, at the end of the day, we, we could have lost that substantially. Uh, my point was just, was just saying that, you know, I wasn't going to let nobody touch him in the sense that like, if we're together, you know, like I'll do whatever it takes like to save our lives type of thing. You know what I mean? And that's, 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 that's what it was like more metaphorical than it was anything. Gotcha. Um, so, and, and then, and then after that, um, you mentioned, um, there is there is actually a story of where it was it's a unique story in a sense that uh it became a household story i guess you could call it uh, amongst amongst uh amongst kings right and it became like an ongoing kind of something that was you know a secret at first i want to say and then became more mainstream and then obviously became like full blown exposure. So, um, <clears throat> basically this, this story right here involves, uh, it involves Dre and it involves, you know, Dre was from 19th street it involves, uh, Tommy guns. Um, and it involves, he was douche Trey, um, rest in peace, Tommy, Tommy passed away. And then it involves another brother named, named Teddy bear TB good dude he was also deuce tray and um and and before so before i finish the story right like let me just say like these this this, what i'm what i'm what i'm saying right now is is what i've amassed the knowledge i've amassed from talking to 
uh, different different people in this situation, kings, different kings in, that were around this situation that knew and had knowledge of it, right? And 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 I'm jumbling together, and then I'm gonna paraphrase kind of what I know. <clears throat> so, you know, like I've said before, man, Dre was kind of a in and out of prison his whole life kind of guy. You know, he was he was uh, he, he just he. he at least especially in my career, he was rarely ever in the street. And, and, um, he happened to be out at this time. And, uh, it was one of those situations where, um, he went up North, right? So, uh, we just talked about this on the last, you know, podcast or two ago, you know, about infesting another area. And, and they had another area that they were going to, I, I can't remember. I never went there um, but it was basically another area to sell drugs up north somewhere. And he went with Teddy Bear and he went with Tommy. And um, they ended up coming across coming across the score where basically they could they could break into somebody's house and and, um, you know, whether it was money or drugs, whatever it was, you know, basically go in there and get it. And. And uh, they did it. You know, obviously, I don't know the details. I wasn't, I wasn't there. I, I wasn't privy to that kind of information. But, but basically, they executed this this uh, robbery or whatever it was, and they end up getting caught. Um, they end up, uh, I think somebody somebody knew one of them or something, and and uh, they end up getting caught. Long story short, and when they got caught, now you got to remember, like I said, man, Dre had been in and out of prison, and he was literally just out. I, I don't even want to say it was more than a month or two. Like he had just got out and I don't even say it was more than a month or two, man. And this, this had already happened. And I remember he came back down to, to Milwaukee from wherever this was. And he had like a, he had like a new Cadillac, um, you know, so this is a guy who just got out of prison. So you already know, like he, he's, 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 he's bouncing back in his own way. And, and sure enough, they all get caught up. They all get brought in. So here's where it gets dicey. Um, the next part is where there's controversy. And, and that's because the, the rumor had to be, happened to be that Dre cooperated on that case. All right. <clears throat> now, Dre is a longstanding member, um, you know, like always wrote for the cause in prison from my understanding, like never was fold, never folded anything like that. But now, obviously this is a different ball game. It doesn't matter how great of a king you are once you cross that line you cross that line there's no going back and um somehow he used champ's name and basically said that because of the situation that was there um champ said it was okay for him to cooperate right so this is the rumor at this time um now now remember in my mind, first of all, I don't think Champ would ever okay anything like that. I, first of all, he doesn't have the authority to okay anything like that. But, but even if he did, I don't think he would have um, with Dre, my personal opinion. Um, but he ran with that, and and um, and it did damage, man. Like I remember, you know, that was one of the first things when we got indicted. I was with Tommy Guns. He was like, you know, he was basically telling me like, man, how how is that? Like who was champ to give out permission like that? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm looking, he was like, I need somebody to, I need champ to give me a pass right now, you know? Cause he just kind of died with us. So, so like he, you know, Tommy was making a joke of it, but he was serious though. Like, you know, like this dude is no good and guys are still embracing him. 
and from my understanding, Teddy Bear just walked away from 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 everything after that. Uh, you know, he just stopped being the king altogether. And Teddy Bear was like a good dude, solid dude. Um, was always, you know, nothing but, you know, righteous to the cause, man. You know, like I said, Teddy Bear was in my stories in the past where he was even okay with 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 the brother shooting at his own brother with Ella Ricardo. And so, um, Teddy Bear was always always righteous and 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 always for the nation. And and so, you know, they had a right to be mad. Um, I guess the biggest discrepancy, the thing that I never seen was the paperwork. And, and, um, you know, at that time that was the big, um, it was the big thing. Like if you had paperwork on somebody, if you had black and white, like that was the end all be all right. But there's so many different ways to get around that now, you know, but at that time that's what it was. And, and I just think it came down to a matter of, uh, of teddy bear, um, and, and, um, and Tommy guns both not going to trial. And so a lot of times when you don't go to trial, you're not, you're not given um, full access to all the discovery, um, which would be, you know, witness statements or confidential informant statements. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't have access to that until like 30 days before trial. So a lot of times if you take a plea, then you don't necessarily get access to that kind of paperwork, but you know, you know, who else was there? You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, so so when when Tommy and, and Teddy Bear, who like have always been in good standing, like when they both are basically saying, yo, like there was one other guy there and he's the one cooperating, like uh, it's obviously not either one of us. And so that was one of them situations, man, that kind of I think it might have boiled over into something a lot more um, had we all not got indicted. Um, because eventually Dre would have gotten back out and, and that, that would have, that would have had, there would have had to have been, you know, some sort of, you know, uh, reckoning whether he proved that he didn't or, or, you know, somebody proved that he did. And so, um, that was one of them times where, um, yeah, it could have got ugly, you know? And, and, uh, like I said, I, I believe if ever that came down to that, you know, let's just say in a fantasy, you know, in a, in a fantasy world champ was out he's obviously not going to put his name on that. So I think Dre would end up probably either walking away or whatever it was, you know? So, um, yeah, that was the situation. That was definitely a situation. And, and believe it or not, man, there, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a, there's a few times I can remember there's like infighting, you know, within chapters and not, not from things that quite, you know, that quite serious, but, but still, you know, just infighting. Yeah. Like, like one guy sleeps with another guy's girlfriend type thing? Is that kind of? Um, I can't remember specifically if that was ever, I can't say no for sure, but it wouldn't, that, that, that typically wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be the main cause. It, it's usually other uh, miscellaneous things, man. Um, I, I remember, <clears throat> I remember we actually, we had like a a misunderstanding with the Sawyers because um, the Sawyers used to be on 17th and Lincoln a lot. And uh, they would, at some point they got a little too comfortable inside of saying it was Sawyerhood and, you know, 19th street <clears throat> demographically, we got a big square. We had a big square, right? We had from 16th, to 21st and from Grant to Lincoln. So that, that, 
geographical square right there is, is our hood, technically. And so <clears throat> the fact that they were basically claiming, uh, uh, you know, uh, a part of our hood, it was, it, you know, we had some, we had some, obviously had some strong feelings about it. And we ended up having a discussion and, you know, they understood, you know, that that wasn't the, that wasn't the way to go. And, and, and we squashed it from there. But yeah, there was definitely some, some infighting and some disagreeing going on there. So now are the Sawyers a another chapter of the Latin Kings or is that like a completely separate gang? No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's another chapter of the Latin Kings. The Sawyers was a, was just, yeah, yeah. Now if it was another gang, that would have been a, that'd have been a turf war. That would have been, (laughs) that would have been a big thing, right? Yeah. That'd have been different. (laughs) Gotcha. All right. Is there anything else you want to add to this one or should we move on to the next clip? No, we go to the next one. We go to the next one. Okay. So this is, this is personally, the one I'm most interested in. So this clip is going to take us to an, uh, a crime that you talked about where there was bleaching involved. Okay. And literally chokes him to death. They got him in the bathtub. And, and when they got him in the, when they got him in the bathtub, they basically try to bleach him and get like all the evidence off of him. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and you know, then they, they wrap him up in the carpet, they drive him to the North side and they dump him on the North side. Um, so, Minimal involvement for the other kings, the real kings that were there. There was actually three real kings that were there. Minimal involvement. Um, but, you know, there was backlash between chapters because Larry Luder was actually close with the Wild Walkers. Okay. I mean, you know, like I said, the guys that were there were from 19th Street. So there was a little bit of backlash. So the reason I'm so interested in this question is there, that little snippet is because. So we we've talked about plenty of killings and things like that on um on this podcast but the aspect of them bleaching the person i find very disturbing like i don't want to downplay any other murder but then you throw this into on top of it and it's just like that's like a wow concept to me and can you remember back like i assume you were not at this when it happened this is something you just heard about. Yeah, I was actually I was actually locked up when this happened. I was I wasn't there. Actually, okay, but when you he- heard this story, I mean, I- I'm kind of trying to grasp on what was your response to hearing that. Were you like, oh my god, like, like did that put you back, or were you like, oh yeah, you know, like was this normal? Hmm. So, first thing which is the crazy element is that the the two guys that actually did the murder, they weren't Kings. Like they, they weren't Kings. So uh, that's, that's what the crazy part is, is that, yeah. Uh, big Mondo was, is Mondi's cousin, which is champ's cousin and all, you know, all those guys, but he wasn't a King. He wasn't from 19th street. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't even recognized as a King. Um, and then the other dude, Isaiah, he was, he was basically a future, but, you know, nobody took him seriously. He just was like a hang around kind of guy. And all the brothers that were involved there, I mean, that were there weren't really involved. You know, they were just kind of stuck there in that situation. So that's the first thing. Now, when I heard about it, um, so, so I was, I was locked up at this time. This is when I was in Wales and, um, two bit was my celly and two bit I've had you know, I've talked about him before and he was, he was there for my, for my homicide and, 
And so he was, you know, he was somebody that was, he was closer to me. He was a wild walker. Um, and, and this is what made it interesting is because obviously I used to always get all my information from my brother. You know, he would give me, I'd get visits from him and I'd get caught up on everything and, you know, make sure everything was good out there and tell him what was going on in there. And so I got the whole story from that side. Right. And, and obviously like, you know, they told me what I, what I said in the clip about, you know, about everything that went down. And then the twist of irony is that Tubit was Wild Walker, right? So you got to remember his side of it was from Liar Louie's side of it. And and the reason why I say that's different is because it's it's crazy that we were just talking about infighting within chapters. Well, this created infighting within chapters. This very this 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 very murder. And um for guys that weren't kings, which is crazy. But but anyways, but yeah, so so Tubit was basically hearing from his side, well, the one nines killed Liar Louie. And so, you know, Tubit's telling me like, yo, like the word is that 19th Street killed him. And I'm like, nah, like that's not what happened. Yeah, they 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 basically, because, you know, all of, you know, like not all, but like Mondi and Joey were there and that's that's Big Mondo's cousins. And then... Mike was there, Los was there, you know, they were um, 19th Street. So while Walker basically took it as 1-9 was all there and they didn't stop it, which is true in a sense, but they were also in a bad spot. It was really an accident, you know, the the, the actual gunshot. He only got shot in the leg. Uh, it progressed into what it did after everybody, you know, after Mondo and Isaiah were panicking about the situation. I don't really know how much the 19th Street dudes that were there had anything to do with it. Um, I think if it was if it was more, I would have been told that. I think Tim would have let me know, like, yo, this is what happened, you know, whatever. Maybe they were drunk or something, and this this how it happened. But nah, he was just he was honest with me about what he thought and what he everything he was told and. And like I said, that's why when <clears throat> when Mondi said he wasn't going to go to prison for that, I kind of understood where he was coming from in the sense that, you know, he felt like he was put in a bad spot and now he was getting the worst end of it and he had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? So yeah. but that's kind of funny. I didn't even I didn't even catch while I was listening to it that this was the actual crime that Mondi ended up cooperating on. Is that Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's here. Those clips must have been pretty close together. So, yeah. so would you say like, was this kind of a thing that just kind of rolled off your shoulders because it really didn't have to do, like it wasn't something that a Latin king did, per se. <clears throat> I mean, so the hard part about this is that, you know, obviously monday morning quarterback is is easy to play right like i can look back and and you know i realize now that i came off insensitive like to those guys you know to the guys on walker and and it's for exactly what you're talking about i didn't i, I didn't look at it like 19th street did this you know I, I didn't look at it like it was like like we were supposed to be responsible you know i looked at it like it was them dudes they weren't from 19th street and, you know, whatever y'all want to do to them, like, whatever, I don't care. You know, that's, that's kind of why I looked at it. But obviously I'm older now 
you know, I can I can kind of put on a different a different hat and see like, damn, they were probably, you know, really, really convinced that it had everything to do with 19th Street. <clears throat> and then the fact that we were so arrogant as a group, you know, we kind of just dismissed their concerns. And that wasn't fair. They had an issue and they wanted to have a conversation, but we were so adamant on the fact that you know what like we don't have to answer to y'all we didn't do it like whatever like if y'all want to do something then do it and and um and it shouldn't have been like that you know like they had a right to to feel some type of way because liar louie was a part of their family and you know so that that and you're not supposed to touch you know any any latin king's family so there was definitely there was definitely a lot of muddy water there you know, because technically Mondo was Latin King's family too. So that would have had to been, it would have came down to who committed the first wrong. Right. And, and then, and then you go from there, but, but, you know, because we were how we were, we didn't even allow that to be a conversation. We kind of just dismissed how they felt about it and <clears throat> and we kind of moved on from it and, and that wasn't fair. Yeah. But I guess I can see if it, it kind of, I mean, I'm still, I'm still wrapped around like, like when I hear you tell that story, it just kind of was like a wow to me, and yeah. and it probably shouldn't be because a killing is a killing, <laughs> but but yeah, they, but I mean, yeah, it's it was a lot more intimate, you know, it was it was uh, it was a situation where this is uh, somebody that we knew, you know, and it was a situation where. They were right there with us, you know, now, obviously not me physically, but I'm saying like, uh, you know, like us is like, you know, the brothers, like he was there with us and, and, uh, and he ended up losing his life. Like, I'm sure that was, that never crossed his mind. Like he never thought he would probably die at the hands of, of, of anybody who was associated with Latin Kings, you know? So I think, yeah, I can understand the, the, the shock you know, the shock factor of it all. And especially like, yeah, with the bleach, I, I think that was more like, um, I, I mean, I guess maybe, maybe it, it could, it, it helped if, if they would have got away from it, way with it. I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent, but like, I think that was just more of something they might've seen on TV or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> they were just trying to, you know, make it, make it look good because it, it, I doubt that would even matter. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. And and I guess I the the part I get hung up on with it is is because once you cross like cross that line into the like you're bleaching, I I that's just got Dahmer type you know feel to it. That's that's not just a killing. That's that's like taking it a step further. But then again, at the same time, I they're they had a purpose behind the bleaching, but it's still just really creepy to me. <laughs> So. No, hundred percent, and and uh, you know, like I said, I hate to reiterate it because it doesn't make it any better. But the dudes weren't kings, you know. It was like these guys, you know, like as much as the as much as uh, pain and violence we inflicted on the south side, we I never was doing no stuff like that, you know. Like I, you know, like yeah, I I was in the street, I was for the street life, but man, I wasn't, you know, Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. You know? Yeah, that's just getting that's crossing the line into the weird. Uh, in my perspective, which again, right. a murder is a murder, but but it just it crosses into a creepy area for me at last. So, no, nah, for so, sure. Well, I'm happy to tell you we've got one clip left, and this clip is much more light than the past one. So, um, okay. 
this is just talking about the possibility of merging all of the Latin kings in Milwaukee into one. So mm. here we here we go with this one. So anyway, Pep's plan for for Milwaukee was to do exactly what happened in '98 and bring all the chapters to one instead of making it instead of leaving the chapters individually. He okay. wanted to bring all the chapters together and, and just call us the Milwaukee Latin Kings. And he wanted that because he was the Inca who was talking to Chicago and he wanted that power. He wanted sure. to remain in that position. So because he was so thirsty to do that, so driven on doing that, he tried to come to me and say, hey, listen, I'll make you my Kasinka. I'll X out my own Kasinka. That's that's from Wild Walker. And I'll make you the Kasinka. And we can have one chapter, right? That was something that our chapter was completely against. So in on this one, I've actually got three questions for you that kind of go along oh. with this little clip. And All right. I, I've already forgotten his name, but who who was the one that wanted to merge them together? Well, uh, Pep. Yeah, okay, Pep. So Pep wants to – is bringing up the idea of merging these – all of the Latin kings in Milwaukee into one group. Now – now I understand, and I understand that that your particular group did not want to do this just because you were kind of the more powerful or group within Milwaukee. Is that kind of correct? Would that be um, to say it? Well, I don't know if that's it. I don't know if exactly how I say. It. Uh, we we definitely didn't want to merge um, based on a number of factors. We felt like we had, yeah, we had the most dominant chapter in Milwaukee. And we felt like the reason why the Latin Kings were even known in Milwaukee at that time, you know, percentage wise was about 80% 19th street, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, that's not to say that there wasn't other, other brothers from different chapters that, that got down, you know, but as far as overall, you know, one nine was perceived as the cream of the crop. Like, you know, I don't think nobody can dispute that. And, and so when Pep proposed that, right, before I let you finish, let me just say this. I'm not a hundred percent if it was Pep's idea or if it was Chicago's idea. Right. I mean, cause he presented it to us like it was Chicago's idea, but Chicago usually doesn't give ideas. They usually give demands. And so I, I, I was I was hesitant in that sense, you know, also, you know, obviously primarily it was I was hesitant because none of the guys wanted to give up 19th Street and, and I definitely didn't either. You know, like we took pride in where we were from. And so that was that was a number one. And then after that, you know, obviously I kind of felt like maybe it was something he might have pitched to Chicago, you know, because he he was the one at that time who had reinitiated contact down there and he had he had long enough reach to be down there. We didn't at that time, because like I said, we had lost a lot of our older brothers. So um, he's the one who reestablished the connection. And what I'm guessing is, you know, they probably were like, well, what's going on up there? What's the numbers looking like? And he was probably telling them like, well, you know, Wild Walker's got this many. And then, you know, two threes got this many and 19th Street's got this many and Sawyer's got this many. And, and, you know, there's probably some type of dialogue about, well, we you know what's what's best for him. And he's probably like, well, you know, there's a lot of young brothers out here. I'll just take them all under me and we can just do it like that, you know, and maybe his heart was in the right place. But, you know, it just it, it wouldn't it wouldn't match up. You know, we had a we had a pack of wolves that that would have been hard to tame 
Yeah, I just I think that it was more about his suggestion than it was anything that Chicago wanted. Okay, so let's just pretend for a second that he would have been able to do this. And just knowing what you know about the Latin Kings of Milwaukee at the time that you were that this would have would have happened. How do you think this would have changed the Latin Kings in Milwaukee? Do you think it would have been just made a bigger, less powerful group? Do you think it would have, like, some of the things I'm wondering is, like, would, do you think it would have been easier had that it all been one group for the government to go in and take it down? <clears throat> I mean, which they did anyways, but, well, I guess they didn't fully take it down, but they put a pretty big dagger in it. And do you think that would have been e- more much easier to accomplish had it all been just one chapter. Right. So violence would have gone down in Milwaukee if there was only one chapter. Right. Okay. So this is like a really, it's it's like a, it's almost too, too much of a fantasy to try to conjure up mm-hmm. something that makes sense, but, I, but I'll, I'll try to, I'll, I'll try to put some context to it. Uh, so, so first of all, the 98 indictment, basically happened because of this this type of structure. The 98 indictment was basically Cago, you know, in Cago, they went to every chapter that existed and said, you guys are either going to be Cago or we're going to smash y'all one way or the other. And everybody ended up being Cago. And then obviously when the infiltration happened and however they got their information and informants, everybody goes down because everybody is in that chapter. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, now fast forward to our indictment, you know, there's a little bit of everything on there. It's mostly one nine, but there's a lot of Sawyers. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a couple of deuce trays and there's even a couple of wild walkers. Now, to be fair, you know, I think if, if, if people look at it objectively, man, I feel like a good portion of our indictment is window dressing. And, and that's not to, to disrespect any of the other brothers, right. That, that got indicted, but if we're calling a spade a spade, like a lot of the charges on our indictment shouldn't even have been indictment worthy. I mean, they're state cases, but the reason why they ended up being a part of our indictment is because the Inca for the Sawyers was a confidential informant. He was the number one informant, you know, so his name was Powerhouse. And so Powerhouse ended up getting like all these, you know, like <clears throat> individual charges on brothers. I'll buy a gun here, buy a gun there buy some, you know, a little bit of drugs here, a little bit of drugs there. Like that's all state stuff. Like, yeah, you get indicted for it, but these are all like individual crimes. It wasn't like it was really further in the nation. So I feel like, you know, those guys, could they have probably skipped on the indictment? Yeah, there would have been some of the Sawyers that would have gotten indicted with a sure, you know, that were involved in violence and stuff. But the majority of them, they probably shouldn't have been on there. And I think if they were honest, they would probably admit that as well, you know. You know, we had a dude on our indictment. I think he was a king for like eight months or something. It was some weird, something weird like that. So, um, and then we had people on our indictment that weren't even kings, you know, like, uh, I think, um, if we go into the fantasy and, and say that, uh, we all fall under this one chapter, right? Well, first of all, it's just, the reason why I say it's such an illusion is because nobody from 19th street would have, would have allowed Pep to be the Inca and, you know, nothing personal against him. Like I felt like he was an all right guy, but he just wasn't a street guy like we were at that time. 
you know, was he old enough to be a leader? Probably, but he lived in Racine, you know, like the guys aren't going to respect somebody that doesn't have their feet on the ground. You know what I mean? That's in, in the, in the weeds with us, so to speak, you know, nobody's going to, you know, especially at that age, like, yeah, you can look back now and say that probably was what, what, what would have been best for us because you got somebody who's actually in control that isn't gambling and always in the middle of, you know, possibly going to jail. But at the same time, it's hard to respect that, you know, when you're the one in them gangways and, you know, getting shot at, shooting at people. And so that would have been the first thing, right? So, so then it would have came down to, well, who deserves that mantle? And then obviously that's kind of where, where you're, you're, you're made or broken at is your leadership. And then, you know, the way you recruit and, and, and on down the line, I think it would have been easier to infiltrate. It would have been easier for us to all get indicted because that strongest is your weakest link mantra, you know, is, is going to be a lot easier to expose the bigger the numbers get, you know, had that been the case, we would have basically accepted every brother from every other chapter. You see, when I'm from 19th street, right. And don't get me wrong. Like we have bad brothers, right. We had, we had bad dudes that ended up being Kings. And, and obviously, you know, even, even at this point, guys would say I'm a bad King. Right. But, but we knew what we had. We knew what was around us to be just combined with another chapter. You don't know how the other guys became Kings. You don't know what, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't really um, gauge who or what they are because you haven't spent enough time with them. Well, yeah, the so, trust wouldn't have been there for, for right. you know, like because you're not you're not with these people on a day to day basis and things like that. Right, right. And then you, and then you try to run something with an iron fist. You know, how are you going to get across to maybe some chapter that doesn't even have a member that 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 uh, that got a part of the structure, got a part of the rank, right? You know, let's say let's say we would all join together. Like, not everybody is going to have a representative in the in the rank. You know, it would have went by the strength and then who's, who's, who's always going to agree on the strength. So it just, I think the, the way it was, was the way it was meant to be. You know, there was different chapters, there was different members, people grew up in different areas and, and, and have different people that they hang out with all the time for different reasons. So it's like, that's the way it was supposed to be. Do you think that, do you think there would have been a decrease in violence or was the violence from chapter to chapter of Latin Kings almost non-existent to the point where. Well, the thing about that, right. Here's the, here's the part that I think, I think it would actually been worse. I think the violence would actually been worse. And, And the reason why I say that is because essentially what happens when you put a bunch of strong members around weak members, right. Is you weed out the people that don't belong, but, you also bring forward the people that do, you know, maybe somebody that's in their shell. And so you put somebody that has got the potential to be out there in the street shooting and, you know, they're just not exposed to it because the guys they are always around ain't doing that. And you put around a bunch of guys that are doing it, it brings them out, you know? Yeah. And um, we had an example of that with a guy named Revy. Uh, Revy was, Revy was always uh you know, he was always a gunner, man. He was always about the street. And, and you know, he was Wild Walker. You know, he became Wild Walker right after I left. Revy was a good dude. He was a good brother. Like, he, he, he was, he was, he was, you know, really well respected. And, and he was, 
you know, always with the violence. And he started spending most of his time on 19th Street. And he was with 1-9 more than he was ever with Wild Walker. And uh, we actually had some infighting with them over that because he wanted to transfer to 19th Street and they wouldn't let him. Pep wouldn't let him. I, I, I was locked up for the majority of that disagreement. But um, I remember hearing about it and not liking it. And, you know, there was a lot of reasons, man, that Reb didn't want to be Wild Walker. And, like, if we're just calling a spade a spade, man, like, you know, just being honest, like, he, he didn't agree with the overall health of Wild Walker at that time, meaning that they didn't have a lot of brothers. You know, they weren't recruiting a lot of brothers. You know, they had different rules when it came to what was allowed as a Latin King member. So this is one thing I can say has been a big benefit to my life when it comes to Latin Kings. And that's that being from 19th street, I wasn't allowed to use drugs. We were never allowed to use drugs. Um, We could smoke weed, but we could never use, you know, cocaine, heroin, crack, obviously anything like that. Um, You could do shrooms. I never did. And uh, I actually got a, uh, another side story I can come I can I can come back to regarding that but but I bring that up because while Walker wasn't like 19th Street in that sense while Walker in the manifesto it says that um, you can use drugs that are from the earth mm-hmm. and cocaine is from the earth so but obviously once it gets touched and mixed up, it's not from the earth anymore. But anyway, so, so, so Latin Kings use that. Some Latin Kings do that. And some Latin Kings use cocaine. You know, a lot of them do, as a matter of fact. And, uh, you know, I remember Revy, he didn't want to, he didn't want to be a part of Wild Walker because he disagreed with that. You know, he's seen how we operated and he disagreed with, you know, not just the average members over there doing cocaine, but their leadership. And it drove him away from Wild Walker. And, and it, it caused some divisiveness, man, between us and them when they didn't want Revy to come by us. Because it wasn't like Revy didn't love being Walker. He did. He took pride in it. But he just knew that wasn't his home. He was meant to be on 19th Street, like, with the guys that he was because, you know, he was he was right at home. It's crazy. Actually, when I got out in 05, <clears throat> I had another disagreement about another king. His name was Crazy Legs. He was Wild Walker. And he was with me while I was locked up. And uh, he got out right before me. And I remember he was telling me, like, man, I want to be 19th Street. I want to be 19th Street. And, you know, obviously I had I had enough I had enough pull at that time to make that happen. And so when I got out, I fully intended on on bringing him home, especially because I, I was upset with how the Revy situation played out. And and I remember I ended up getting into with Juanito over the phone over it. I ended up arguing with him. You know, Juanita was a Kasinka, and I ended up telling him, like, bro, you're not, you, you guys are going to keep pushing good brothers away, you know, because they don't want to be with y'all. Like, if they don't want to be with y'all, like, you should be happy that they still even want to be kings. You know, like, these dudes could walk away from the whole nation because of something that they're they're disgusted with, you know? And, and yeah, so I, I never, <clears throat> I didn't have a, I wasn't on good terms with the Walkers anymore um, after 05. I remember that. Well, I mean, obviously, where I'm at now, but. At that time, I remember I we, we weren't on good terms. And then I ended up punching her and forcing her in the face. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> so yeah. you, you, met, um, you mentioned that you 19th Street couldn't do cocaine. So now, how did that 
come into play? Did some Inca at some point in time just kind of make it a hard set rule that there was no cocaine was not allowed, and then it yeah. just kind of stuck? Yeah, it's another, it's another feather in the cap of Champ and Boy. They both, you know, they were the founders, and at its inception, they said, "No, this is our our chapter rule is going to be no cocaine," and they stood on that. For use, for usage, at least. Yeah. You, you know what's funny? You know what's funny is that uh, I think <laughs> I think back, right? And and I and I remember a conversation I had because my brother used to really, really be upset with this this element, right? When it came to Wild Walker, it really disgusted my brother. And and I was kind of playing middleman because you know I still had love for Wild Walker from when I was over there, and like I was I knew the guys, right? So I was playing middleman, you know. And and then I was also the Kasinka, so. You know, my brother was like really gung ho on on um, on like pressing them dudes about that. And I remember, <laughs> I remember Pep told us one time, "Well, you know, technically you guys aren't supposed to sell crack." And he was right, right? Because in our in, in the manifesto, you're not supposed to sell crack cocaine to to your community, right? To it's 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 more about uplifting the community. And obviously, all the communities we lived in were you know mostly Latino and white field at the time. And, uh, and so you're, you're selling crack to your community and that's, that's against the manifesto too, you know? So he was calling us out on our, on our, on our bullshit and, and we were calling him out on his, but, but, you know, obviously we, we felt we were right, you know? And, um, and that's kind of how it goes, right? You never know when you're wrong. So. Yeah. The whole, the whole merging of the things I was just curious about, you know, like how you would have thought that played out because that's just interesting to me because it sounds like sounds like it would have made the latin kings way more powerful because it would have been that much bigger but then it probably could have opened up a whole nother world of problems with it so i just found that concept to be really interesting so yeah it did and then and then you create um your own deficiencies um within the nation because you know when you got let's just say 70 members like it's not like you guys can just meet up at somebody's house you know so um, that you create your own um, animal, so to speak, where now you got to meet up in a public place. Like you, you have to have security. Like there, there's so many things that can go wrong opposed to when you got these smaller chapters, sub chapters. And even if you have 15 or 20 members each, right. You can squeeze that into a basement. I've done it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, you, you know, it's just, it's just, it's better for cover, so to speak. You don't want to end up having to rent out a conference hall at a freaking hotel to have a meeting. Yeah. So, so do you want to, do you, you want to hear that story quick about when I, when I punched that enforcer in his face? Yeah, go for it. All right. All right. So, so look, right. All right. So look, so this was an 05, right? And um, it was a summer 05. And this dude is, is he, it's funny because he was actually initially a Sawyer. I actually punched him then when he was a Sawyer too, but it was for something completely different, but it was for something completely different. Right. So, so the first time I punched him, he allowed without getting too deep into the story, he basically allowed a female that was in the house partying with us to go through another King's pants while he was sleeping. And she like took some money from him and he seen it. And so I ended up punching him for that, but it was deeper than that. Right. But that's, but that was in. Right. And so, uh, fast forward, that was like 2002, I want to say. So fast forward to 2005 now, right now he's wild Walker and he's their enforcer. Right. So at that time he was Sawyer, his name was Uno. Right. And now his name's Chaz. <laughs> and so, um, 
So look, man, and this ain't nothing personal. Chaz, if you listen, I apologize, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was in a bad place, right? But but at the time, it was funny. And so, and it was righteous, though, for mine. And you can tell me if I was wrong if you were looking through, through Latin King glasses, right? But this this is the story. So at this time in 05, I still kicked it with a couple of douche trays. And um, <clears throat> there was these two douche trays. They were brothers, Stephen and Rick, right? And... um and Rick had told me, it's a completely different any Rick you ever heard in my story. This is Deuce Trey. He was from 23rd. But Rick had told me that basically this dude Chaz um, was allowing some black dudes to dip the crown to him in the county jail, which means that they he was not doing nothing when them guys were disrespecting Latin Kings, right? Mm-hmm. So the, yeah. so when he told me that, right, and I remember, I remember that um, one of the brothers I used to kick it with all the time, Jose, would see the guy Chaz from time to time. And so for some reason, he ended up bringing Chaz over to where the house I was at. And I was there, I, I was there with Mario um, and, and my boy, Javi, right? Javi was from 23rd street as well. And he knew Rick and, and he was, you know, obviously backing up what Rick was saying. I remember he came to the back, right. And, and uh, we're just back there. And I think we just started drinking or something. So I walk up to him and I'm like, yo man, like I'm not hearing good things about you, you know? And he's like, he's like, what you mean? What you mean? And he's like, yeah. I tell him, I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like, you know, the brothers are telling me that you ain't really holding your own, you know? And, and now you got to remember the last time I had seen this dude before this time was in 02 when I punched him. So this is like (laughs) me seeing him all over again, you know? And, uh, and so I know Javi was right there. Mario was right there. So I basically told Mario, I'm like, Mario, call, uh, call Rick, get Rick on the phone. And so he calls Rick. And I tell Rick, I'm like, yo, Rick, like, uh, I put him on speaker. I'm like, man, you remember you were telling me about the dude Chaz, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, what happened with the dude, right? What, what, you know, what can you tell me about him? And he goes, yeah. He goes, man, that bitch ass dude, man. He goes, man, we, he was in the county jail. He was letting on the black dudes dip the crown to him. You know, he was like, I was in the unit next to him. And I go, yeah. And I'm like, you sure? He goes, man, I swear to God. He's like, I put it on the nation, right? So. Like usually that that means he's basically pressing charges on the dude. You know, he's basically like he's willing to put it on on you know on on the crown that he's telling the truth and Uno is lying. And um <clears throat> me being the guy I am, right, I was in the wrong, right? I I should have, you know, left it up to the higher court, so to speak, but I took it into my own hands. And um <laughs> and I ended up I punched him, man, as soon as as soon as I as soon as I gave Mario the phone back. And I hit the dude so hard, man. I promise you, man. This dude's his his feet were like by my pockets, and you know what I'm saying when I punched him, like he lifted off the air. Yo, it was the craziest punch in the world. And uh, and uh, I remember when he got like Mario started messing him up a little bit. Javi gave him a couple kicks, you know what I'm saying. And and uh, and I remember after that, it was probably like a few days. Uh, Juanito ended up calling me. He's like, "Yo, you know, you guys beat up my enforcer." <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I had explained to him, like, this is what happened. And, you know, you know, I basically put it on Rick because it was true, though. Like, Rick would have had to come forward and, you know, basically, you know, testify in front of the brothers, whoever he had to, that that he was telling the truth. And he was willing to do that. And I explained that to Juanito. And like I said, we just, we, we never bounced back after that. We were never on good terms after that. So, yeah, it was just, it was a mountain more and more. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that, well, I mean, I guess, again, it comes back. And this is where gangs are so weird because I, I do feel like what you did was the natural response that somebody would do and should do given the information you had. 
Am I, I I'm pretty correct on that, right? Because somebody was right. disrespecting the crown. So so that's a perfectly from the mind of a gang gang member, that's a perfectly legitimate response. And yeah, but it would take it would take somebody who was proactive because guys hear stuff all the time, but are they willing to act on it is an entirely right. different thing. You know what I'm saying? So it just so happened to be that it came across me and I was just the kind of guy that I like to tie up loose ends. And it it's almost seems to me like, so was it the Wild Walker Inca that you talked to about this? It was like, you just beat up my enforcer? Or oh, that was a Kasinka. Okay, he was a Kasinka. The Kasinka. Yeah. But it would almost seem like once that information was given to the Kasinka, he should have done also done something to him for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I'm guessing when he heard it, though, he was taking the side of his enforcer. You know, he didn't really have all yeah. the facts. And then, you know, at this time, I didn't have a lot of goodwill built up with them to where my word necessarily meant a lot, you know, just because they didn't like how I treated the the crazy leg situation. But, you know, to be fair, like, I mean, it, it's it, it's messed up to say, but but, you know, they knew what what their chapter was at that time. man. you know, like it just it's it's not it's not easy to say, but they pushed away a lot of brothers like they pushed away Kiki. Right. And Geeky was like one of my best friends when I became Walker and he was probably one of their best brothers and they pushed him away, you know, just by just by how they were moving. And so, you know, they didn't have a lot of um, notoriety at that time anyway, you know, so it was like, um, yeah, brothers, they they respected the guys that were still there to a certain extent. But it wasn't like they were making enough ripples to where if they complained about something, anybody was going to going to back them up on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, they were. In a way, they were probably kind of a dying chapter, sort of, or yeah, kind yeah. of an ignored chapter, I guess. Yep, yep. Gotcha. They almost got shut down. They almost got shut down one time in like oh, I want to say it was either it was either the end of one or or in oh two. I remember. I, I remember. I was over there with Wolf. We were on our bikes, and 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 two three Nick pulled up, and Nick was he was the um. He had a spot on 23rd Street. I don't know exactly what it was, but he had a spot and he pulled up and he was telling Juanito, like, you guys better get your numbers up or or, or we're shutting you down. And this was when that was when Deuce Trey and one nine had to plug to Chicago. You see, it's it's so different, right? When different chapters have that connection to Chicago. You know, it's like it, it's it's like uh who's got the power, who's directly has direct access to the power. You know what I'm saying? It's it's crazy. So, so to shut down a chapter, would that have, have to come from Chicago? Yeah, yeah, Chicago would have had to approve that, and and but but here's the thing: they would have approved it if you got, you know, um, the Inca from 19th Street, the Inca from 23rd Street, saying, "Hey, listen, we're the only brothers out here. Them dudes ain't doing nothing. Their numbers are dwindling. Dissolve the chapter, you know." And they would have did it. And when you said you got to get your numbers up, that just means the n- amount of members, basically, or is is it like the amount yeah. of dues they're they're paying or something? Yeah, no, that's what Nick said. Nick said they got to they got to get their numbers up, which is yeah, the, the number of members. You the know, they members. want them they want them to be able to have you know enough members to have soldiers, you know, a structure. And and at that time, I remember they they were dwindling. That was right. That was right after I had left too. Like I had left Wild Walker, and I was already one nine. That was right around that time. And did Wild Walker exist until you got indicted? Yeah, it, yeah, it, they were still around. Actually, they had like, 
No, no they never they never died. They never died. And they, I mean, you know, to their credit, they they always they started recruiting. They always, you know, they bounced back. Um the quality of brothers, obviously, it always suffers when you try to recruit fast, you know. Right. Um but but they they had, you know, they still have guys over there and you know, them, you know, they still are are organized in that sense, but you know, at that time they were yeah, like you said, they were dying. They were gasping for air. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we went down some serious rabbit holes on this episode. So yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> but <That's... laughs> but it's good. It's good. So uh, is great. there any anything else you got before we wrap this one up? Um, no, nothing, nothing uh, in particular, man. Just for you know, all our followers to continue to like and, and, and subscribe and follow and leave reviews, thumbs up, thumbs down. If you hated it, whatever it is. Um, yeah, we just, we, we, we need, and we love the support. Yes. And we do definitely want to thank everybody because, um, this show is growing at a speed much faster than I ever thought it would. So, so thank you everybody for tuning in. So. Yeah, for sure. And and there's a there's a lot we got coming up. So, you know, just uh just buckle your seatbelt, man. We got a we got a lot of a lot of different roads to turn down. All right. Do you have a topic in mind for the next episode you want to go over or should we leave her up? Um we can episode? No, we can we can kind of dive into uh I wanted to talk about a little bit different element of the of the king lifestyle that is is rarely seen in the sense that when you X somebody or somebody is up to be X'd, you know, sometimes you never really get the chance to really do that because that means that if you did get a hold of somebody, then they died, right? Like some some of those X scenes are like the ultimate price. But but we've had situations where we've X guys and obviously they survived. Well, you know, we'll talk about that. We'll went into that decision making and uh we'll probably have, you know, probably have a couple stories to talk about. And uh yeah, we'll just go from there. Yeah, I already I already have questions for that one, but we'll save it for the next episode. So, yep. um, so as always, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, we will be back next week with the Xing, and if <laughs> you do. <laughs> if you do have any questions, comments, anything, reach out to us at normalizedcrime at gmail dot com. And thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll be back in a week with another episode. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode.